Taylor. And we are not amused. And today we are talking about Jane Eyre again. Yeah, like you said. (laughs) Yes, it's Jane Eyre month. Um, But today we are talking about the adaptation, the movie adaptation made in 1943. Yep. Starring Orson Welles and Joan Fontaine. Yep. As Rochester and Jane, respectively. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, but first, what you drinking today, Taylor? <laughs> I'm drinking. Um, the brand is Stash, and it is coconut mango, and it's an oolong tea. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's, that's unexpected. Yeah. It has oolong tea, orange peel, natural mango flavor, natural pineapple coconut flavor. Hmm. What? Those are the ingredients. I don't think pineapple and coconut are naturally together. It just says natural pineapple S- coconut flavors. I'm confused by how this works. We'll oh, see. Okay. <laughs> All right. What about you? <laughs> My turn. Okay, so I'm drinking the Night Night Chai from Tea Market, and it's in Kansas City in, like, the Brookside kind of neighborhood, Crestwood shops. Hmm. Um, it is a decaf black tea spice blend, um, and it smells very chai and cinnamony. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see how I feel about it in summertime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very fall drink. So. A very fall drink. Yep. Well, we're just trying to branch out, so. And I just got it. This is my first time trying it. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well. To the movie. Okay, about this movie. Well, one thing I <clears throat> one thing I did like about it was that it was only an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. So it, it, we were done watching it super fast. Mm-hmm. Very efficient. Yes. But that was that, nice. That did leave <laughs> some, that made them, for, that forced them to make a lot of changes. Yes. There were a lot of things left out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a whole <laughs> list of changes. Do you have anything you want to say before we get into differences from the movie that we watched versus the book? No, I think we can just like start from the beginning and go through. Cool, because there's plenty to talk about. <laughs> so we start off with a shot of the book, seemingly. Chapter <laughs> one, Jane Eyre. And mm-hmm. it has the first words of the book, seemingly, which we're both sitting on the couch watching the movie, watching this first shot and going, wait, that's not how the book starts, is it? Because yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like, my name, my is, name Jane is Jane Eyre. And I was like, mm, no, this wait. book is not that basic. No, no, the the book starts. There was, there was no possibility of taking a walk that day. Yeah, <laughs> not my name is Jane Eyre. So... Anyway, um, first, from the get-go, we're like, okay, <laughs> they're going to be taking some liberties, I suppose. Yeah. And simplifying things a little, a lot a lot of bit. I think, yeah, with how short the movie was, I think they would have to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was pretty rare back then to have a movie be, like, hours long, unless it was an epic, specifically, mm-hmm. like The Ten Commandments or... Right. I can't even think of other ones... But that kind of thing, where you had an intermission, left the theater, mm-hmm. and come back, you know? I mean, the only thing, yeah, yeah, that's true. 
The only thing I can think of are like plays that I've seen. Yeah. Put into like My Fair Lady has or an Sound of Intermission, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. in the film that comes out, not like they, you can get yourself. It's not usually that long, you know. It's mm-hmm. like thirty seconds or something. But yep. But the idea yeah. was leave the theater, go pee, come back. Yeah. Get your snacks. At the, you yeah. know. Yep. Very different nowadays. Yes. I do sometimes wish we still did that though, especially <laughs> for the movies that are. Two and a half, three hours long. Yeah, because it's more normal for movies today to be really yes. long. And I'm like, so. bring back intermission at the movie theater. I love that. Yeah. Give me a pee break. Because <laughs> I don't want to miss anything. I know. Okay. All right. The next big difference is um, we see Jane at the reeds at Gateshead. Mm-hmm. And she is a seemingly naughty child. Yeah, um, she was locked in a closet or something mm-hmm. when they got her or that was just her room very harry potter Pro- probably yeah um but she's only got the one cousin it's yeah. just john Lisa. this is making chaos over here can i help you okay oh, god where were we um she only has the one cousin okay so um mrs reed only has one child yes so Jane only has one cousin, and yes. it's her male cousin, John. Of course it is. Uh, right. He's kind of the most significant one. Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't really talk about them too much when we were talking about the book. No. But... Even though they come back, but they're also just not great people. No. So no. They don't... It's fine. They don't really matter that much. There's only one that sort of kind of redeems herself. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so, and then um, they're immediately having a meeting with Mr. Brocklehurst of Lowood School. Mm-hmm. And so in the book, it's like some random guy, I still don't remember who, right. comes to Gateshead and mentions school to Jane. And she's like, oh my God, please. Does that mean I don't have to live here? Yeah, I'll go mm-hmm. anywhere. Right? Yeah. But in the movie version, um, Mrs. Reed wants Jane out of her house. Mm-hmm. And so she calls the school and is like, come take this naughty girl away. Right, it's like her idea. Mm-hmm. Which is not how it happens in the book at all. What did you think of the woman that played Mrs. Reed, though? I mean, we see so little of her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She gave me, well, I think it was also the angles she was shot at, but I got very, like, evil stepmom vibes yeah. from Disney films, you know? Yeah. Or, like, evil queen or whatever. Yeah, I agree. I liked her. Yeah. Like, it was a little dramatic, but at the same time... I thought she was kind of dramatic in the book, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, whatever. Yeah. And, like, if you're thinking about it from the perspective of an eight-year-old or however old Jane was... Right. It is kind of perfect, because I'm sure it did feel like she was... That's exactly what it felt like. She was always shot from a low angle, so she looked imposing and mean. Yeah. Anyway, so... Jane just spent her life looking up at people. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even in adulthood. Well, she as did. a 19-year-old. Poor Joan Fontaine was short. Yeah. She was only 5'3". And she was playing across Orson Welles, who, what, he was 6'2"? Six 6'2". Two? Six two. So. Eh. Yeah. Almost a foot taller than her. I did really like the little girl that played Jane, though. Mm-hmm. I thought she did a good job. Mm-hmm. She had, like, a lot of fire. She had a lot of fire. She had a lot of emotion she had to portray. And, I mean, she was, what, probably only in it for, like, 20 or 30 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. She did a good job. She did. Made an impression on me anyway. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so Jane gets to the school. Yeah, and, and she's excited to leave. Oh, yeah, she's absolutely ready. And then she <laughs> turns around and flings all those insults at Mrs. Reed, <laughs> which does happen in the book, except in a yep. different... I think she's still inside. Like, yeah, she's like, not walking out the door. It's like when she's... It's the day she's leaving, but uh-huh. not like she's already left the house and yes. yelling at the house. Yelling just at the house. Yeah. Yeah. It's still pretty funny, though. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what it was like for a child to speak up like that back then. I'm sure it didn't happen. It didn't happen very often. Yeah. Or they so. got hit, probably. Mm-hmm. Or locked in a red room. Yeah. Which <laughs> didn't happen, which we also didn't talk about for the book, but... It's, <laughs> it's fine. Um, So, she gets to school, and we immediately see her being forced to stand on the stool in the middle of all the kids, and Mr. Mm-hmm. Brocklehurst being like, this is a bad child. Mm-hmm. But don't be friends with her. Uh huh. There's no. We come to find that there's no Miss Temple, right, in the story at all. So there's no like nice teacher that she leans on as sort of a mentor. Mm-hmm. She does meet Helen. Mm-hmm. Helen comes to her, like sneaks a piece of bread to her because she had to miss dinner standing on the stool. Although I think in the book, wasn't she only on there for like thirty minutes or something? And weren't all the kids still? sitting there the whole time she was on the stool i thought so because i think helen comes and is like okay you can come down now or maybe miss temple or somebody i thought it was yeah i thought it was miss temple who takes her down yeah i I and i'd be wrong i thought it was like in the middle of the lunchroom so everyone was there the whole time right like eating Mm -hmm. because there was no one left with her so how would they know that she stood on the stool the whole time Mm -hmm. (laughs) exactly um anyway so in the movie we get this really cool moment where there's a neat shot at the very least of her standing on the stool by herself mm-hmm. and there's like a light behind a pole and it creates like this shadowy illusion of like on the floor kind of looks like a spider web almost mm-hmm. it's a neat that was a cool shot um but helen comes through and she's like the lone person and she's like here here's your bread and they're fast friends mm-hmm yep Helen's very sweet, no matter what. And beautiful. Yeah, because Jane was like, I know I shouldn't, but I hate him. Mm-hmm. Mr. Brocklehurst and Jane. <laughs> Helen's like, don't say that. Yeah. Helen's just so pure. Mm-hmm. By contrast. Um, so the other big difference at the school is that there's this doctor, which you said there was a doctor in the book, right? Mm-hmm. But his name was not Rivers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't know what his name was i'm pretty sure yeah there was i don't remember his name but i remember uh, jane was talking to someone asking if he'd checked in on helen oh okay right of course she would need a doctor eventually Mm -hmm. um so it was weird i i thought i was thinking back on it um after we watched the movie and i was like thinking oh my gosh like they've changed this character um you know, he sort of replaced Miss Temple in a way. Like, he wasn't around a lot, but he was the one who was like, Jane, you know, it's your duty to behave and do God's work and blah, 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 and sort of be the person that guides her gently instead of through discipline. So she, Mm -hmm. like, actually listens to him, which is sort of Miss Temple in the book. Yeah. But it was interesting that they named him Dr. Rivers, because I was like, oh my gosh, is that going to be, like, her relation? later because of Sinjin Rivers in the book and then right. we come to find out that's not the case but we'll we'll get, we'll get there to that. but maybe they just named him Rivers as like an homage to the book that's what I was thinking yeah yeah okay 
once, you know, once, once we, we finished out. the movie, I was like, ah. Yeah, because I was like, oh, he's going to be her uncle or something. <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. Nope, just a nice, just a nice adult. Yeah. In I mean, her life, the first nice adult, really. Yeah, and he cares about the girls, you know, because... Yeah. Mr. Brocklehurst keeps, like, the windows open when it's cold outside, so the whole building's cold. And then, as a punishment later on, he makes Jane and Helen walk outside in the pouring rain mm-hmm. with weights. Carrying weights and, <laughs> what is it, the sign said rebellious or something that they had to carry? Um, I think they they were different, and now I can't oh. remember. I think Helen's may have said something like vain or something like that, even oh, though she was Because of her hair? Because of her hair. Oh, okay, please. Um... But, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jane said rebellious. But Helen is, you know, already sick before Mr. Rockerhurst makes them walk out in the rain. So yeah, just, like, shows yes. how little he cares about yes. the girls. And the doctor comes back and is like, the hell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he's like, no. And then he brings her into, like, a warm room and, like, tucks her in and, like, gets her dry and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like a nod, but it reminded me of, like, an essential oil thing. It did. I mean, yeah, because it was like that, like steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coming out of the kettle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I was like, oh, we still do that today. I've got my little vaporizer I use in the winter time. <laughs> <laughs> like, been there, done that. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So anyway, I mean, like the book, Helen dies, and um, Jane is sleeping by her side when that happens, and it's mm-hmm. obviously very traumatizing. Um, yep. She gets a little talking from Rivers. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, God would not want you to sit here in despair. Mm-hmm. You need to work. And I guess that was enough. <laughs> um, it was like to make her go back to the school because mm-hmm. she didn't want to. Only mm-hmm. like educated women would be able to basically support themselves out in the world. Yeah, he was, was the gist not, of what he was saying. He's not wrong. Yeah. He has a point. Yep. So... We skip ahead after that, like, mm-hmm. years ahead. Ten years? I think okay. so, yeah. And they Jane... don't say, but yeah. that's my assumption. Um, Jane is being called into the offices of the board of the school, and they are offering her a teaching position, which is very interesting. Right. They, they make it clear in the script the reason for this change. I mean, they, like, kind of justify it because Mr. Brocklehurst is like, okay, board members, remember if we take one of our own students and promote them to a teacher, we have we can pay them half the salary we would have an outsider. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it makes sense, and it totally falls in line with Brocklehurst's character mm-hmm. to do that. Um, but in the book, it's Miss Temple, I believe, that sees Jane as a good pupil and gets her promoted to teacher. We I don't really so, yeah. see that happen in real time, but uh-huh. it's I'm sure that she had something to do with it. So yeah. So, and then in the book, or in the movie, Jane refuses the yeah. teaching position. Yeah. Which I thought was strange. Right. Because then she goes on to get the job at Thornfield anyway. As, as a, a governess. governess. Yeah. As a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, by the time this job offer comes, she's already placed an advertisement. Mm-hmm. Because she wants to leave Lowood, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way they did it in the movie, she doesn't have any credentials. Exactly. Like, there's no experience or anything. Like, how would she have ever gotten that right job? Right. 
I don't believe it. Because all she could say is just like, I've been a student here for mm-hmm. 10 years. And my grades were good. good. Yeah. Except in mathematics. <laughs> yeah. They she were had, fair. She was fair. <laughs> it was confusing. But. Yeah. I was like, well, that's kind of lame. Mm-hmm. I, I assumed when she was being brought in that like... I don't know. I, I assumed she would be like, great, I have a job. And then mm-hmm. we, I don't know. Clearly they had to cut for time. I get it. Right. So anyway, on to Thornfield, like right away. Yep. Basically. Mm-hmm. And we get to Thornfield and it's a castle. <laughs> Which <laughs> I think both of us were like, Where the, what is this place? Yeah. It looked like a medieval castle. Uh-huh. And it was like dark and dreary and gloomy inside which yeah i mean she got there at night yeah but still but like miss miss fairfax who is like a nice old lady comes down this like dark hallway with like a single candle lit mm-hmm. and there's no candles lit in the hallway or anything and it just right. it looks like a horror film and i'm yep. like this is it's weird to me because like that's not the vibe yet like mm-hmm that slowly happens over time with like yeah. creepy things that happen in the house but like the way she describes the house in the book is like it's a beautiful estate yeah and it's warm and cozy and the the grounds are beautiful and like none of that is reflected in this movie at all no like this to me was probably one of the worst decisions that they made was this set was just not at all what I think of when I think of Thornfield. Yeah. And your book, like, has a yeah. picture. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to say that, but... I was going to say that, like, for the... I mean, the way we're recording this, we don't know yet, but I'm sure for the last episode, we posted our covers. Exactly, yeah, Instagram, sure On Instagram, so you can, like, go look at that, but it's very, like, I don't know, warm, neutral tones with, like, rugs and... <laughs> comfortable furniture yes like it was not the case in the movie no it was like very cold and it's just weird i but i guess again they probably did that to like save time and Mm -hmm. just like set Set up up. what's gonna happen set up like this is not gonna be a fully like happy place right yeah don't be mistaken just because she got out of that school Uh uh-huh doesn't mean her life's gonna get better yeah just um a choice we'll just say that much it was mm-hmm. it was a choice. Yep. Um well, um in the book I believe there's a good chunk of time before she ever meets Rochester and of course in the movie again they kind of cut that for time and she runs into him pretty soon after getting to Thornfield. Now they still meet yeah. in the road though. Yeah, we don't really know how long she's no. been there when mm-hmm. they meet, but yeah. She's definitely been teaching Adele for a little bit though. Like mm-hmm. they kind of have a relationship. Yeah. Uh but they meet on the road, um, and I, I would I will say with the two actors, um, the age difference that is described in the book is not no like they they cut that completely like yeah he's probably a little weird. bit older than her mm-hmm. by maybe six or seven years well at the most technically I think it's I think he's fifteen years older because she's nineteen right mm-hmm. or we're assuming she's nineteen in the movie. And when he's telling her his story, mm-hmm. he said that he got married at 19. And he was married. And then when he left the chapel, when they didn't get married. Yes. And he told everyone to not congratulate. He said, you're all 15 years too late. So I just took that as he got oh, married 15 years ago. Interesting. 
Because they just don't look... They don't look like they're 15 years apart. They certainly don't look 15 years apart, but oh well. Yeah, we're never actually given an age difference, Mm -mm. so... I mean, that's fine. Like, that's one of the things about the book I don't love. So it's, like, fine if you want to, like, cut down that 20-year age difference a little bit. Mm -hmm. I I approve of that choice. (laughs) If you want to make it not uncomfortable, like Mm -hmm. a Dorothea Casabon situation in the series. (laughs) Like, he doesn't have to be a possible dad's age for her. That would be fine. Great. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like this is maybe a good point to talk about the character of Rochester when we do first meet him. Yeah. I have feelings. (laughs) What were your feelings, Tressa? Well, first of all, when they actually first meet, the meeting is set up as uh, a lot more romantic than the book. Mm-hmm. In the book, it's pretty inconsequential. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not like thinking about this handsome stranger days later, right? Right. In it's... the book, she even says like something along the lines of that she didn't find him to be all that attractive (laughs) like in her mind we hear her inner thoughts Mm -hmm. but in the movie though there's lots of eye contact a very strong eye contact unnecessary amount of eye contact from both parties and then they they do this thing in old movies too with the close-up shots a lot of the time especially on women where they put like a softening filter on Mm -hmm. so and the effect of that, I think, is just to make it make them seem a little more like doughy eyed, you know? Right. So, yeah, um, it's not how I would have imagined the first meeting. Mm-mm. And then she gets back to the house and finds out, oh, that's my master. You know, it's the master of this estate that mm-hmm. I just met on the road. And in their first, like, two or three interactions in the movie, he's, like, so rude. Oh, yeah. And abrupt with her. And, like, I know, like, some of the lines matched the book. Mm -hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, but I did not imagine them said in the way he said them at all. Um, I mean, I I remember feeling like he wasn't very nice. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I didn't think he was nice, but I thought it was more of, like, a... Like a playful banter sort of thing instead of just like the, it's the way Orson Welles gives that like eye contact that's so intense that's just like answer me woman you yeah. know that's kind of the vibe I get from him versus in the book I think he's kind of being a little f- more flirtatious about it mm. just depending on the conversation maybe the first one yeah he he literally has that moment where he's like. Sorry, sit down if you want. I don't mean to demand things out of you. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of my nature. But he takes a step back and is like, sorry, that, that's a lot. Yeah. I'm being a lot. I'm <laughs> being a lot. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's like the only time that he does anything like that. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah. The rest of it is very, he's just very harsh, it seems like. Mm-hmm. I told Tressa that... This movie, once we see them together, I said, this gives me very, well, I don't know exactly what I said, but basically very strong Beauty and the Beast vibes. (laughs) Yeah, he's, like, legitimately mean. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, harsh, and I think the part that made me think of it is, like, when he says that, and he's like, sit down. Oh, sorry. You know, I'm just so used to demanding something, and then I get what I want. 
where the beast at some point in the movie, you know, he's like asking her to come to dinner or whatever. <laughs> it would give me great pleasure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you would join me for dinner. And then she's like, no. And he's like, fine, go ahead and starve. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. It's just and she very, loves like, him. No. <laughs> yeah. It's very like men not knowing how to control their emotions. I know, right? So, and uh, the woman being like, oh. I mean, in the book, it's like Jane doesn't feel right away anything towards him. No, but that... Mm-hmm. But they change it in the movie, and it's like... She's, like, immediately, like... Not immediately. Maybe second conversation. I think but she's I still smitten think he's like with him practically yelling at her every uh-huh. time he says something. I'm like, I would... No, I'm not into this, you know? Yeah, but she's never really had anyone be nice to her male figure wise except for dr rivers dr rivers which didn't even happen in the book so that's even more of an argument for her to not like whatever (laughs) choices were made we'll just say that much um (laughs) anyway um we also noticed um that like one of the things that um one of the first things that jane and rochester talk about in the book is um he's like well tell me about your credentials and your experience Mm -hmm. and then she like shows him his her paintings well and they do that funny thing with the piano too where he's like play me something yeah and she's like i play a little and then he's like yep you play a little yep (laughs) you're fine yeah but then she's like here are my paintings and he's like oh well these are cool these are good yeah the paintings were a big thing in the book huge i mean and throughout her whole life painting was huge for her mm-hmm. um one of the first presents that her cousins got her when she she just you know she was destitute and they took care of her she became the teacher of that little school the yep. first thing they got her was a set of paints and stuff right supplies so she could paint again and it was like the best present she could have ever gotten you mm-hmm. know um so i guess they totally took that talent away in this <laughs> version yeah she doesn't she she doesn't really do anything uh-huh. in the movie. Uh-huh. I'm aware. She's just kind of there. Yeah. Like, we don't even really see her teach Adele anything. No, she's, like, helps Adele get dressed. Like, yeah. Like, a few times. Like, it's super weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they really... I have a whole feeling about that. I think they do the whole character a disservice the way it was written. Um... Anyway, so she doesn't paint in this version at all. Um, And then as we go on with her life in Thornfield, like, we get the impression that maybe Miss Fairfax knows about the Mad Wife. Yes. But I... But I don't think she does. But uh, did that happen in the book or not? I'm also not clear if Miss Fairfax ever knew in the book. Me neither. Okay. Because they never say. So maybe that was the same and we just don't remember. Maybe. I mean, she. I remember her saying a very similar thing about Grace Poole, like, mm-hmm. doing the sewing or mm-hmm. whatever from the yes. book and the movie. Mm-hmm. I remember that. But, like, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't pick it up in the book, which is a strong possibility. Right. But it's like, Miss Fairfax knows that Grace Poole is in this, like, hidden away tower, basically. Like, why is she up there? <laughs> you know? <laughs> just to do the sewing? Mm-hmm. Don't feel like that's necessary. Right. They but. have 12 sewing machines. They need a really big tower room <laughs> right. to put them all in. So she just had her own. She's got to have her own floor. Yeah. So. 
I don't know. But yeah, we we questioned that when we were watching the movie. Yeah. I was like, okay, they seem more in cahoots than <laughs> in the book. Right. Um so I guess back to Jane. Um, as we go along, like the party he brings the big party to Thornfield. Well, there's the fire in his bedroom first, which happened. Oh, well, that happened. That's the same. That was basically pretty much. it. Yeah. 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 I mean, she like was able to watch where oh. he went when he went away or whatever. You know what? The other thing that happens, you reminded me because of the fire. Um, hopefully you can't hear that dog outside. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> the fire happens and that they go check on Adele. Which oh, yeah. does not happen. That doesn't happen. In the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel like that's finally one moment of like, you see Mr. Rochester's softness. Yeah. And they definitely needed that. Because it was like, there was no point in the book, in the movie, so far, where you saw any kind of genteelness, softness, yeah. caring from him at all, until the kids involved. So, and yeah, that was kind of like, I was like, okay, well, that's nice. And then that's how you get the background. Of how he ended up with Adele. Right. Which also, he was like, I had this mistress in France, Uh and she claims Adele is my daughter, so I took her in. I'm not convinced, because she was always cheating on me, so I shot her other lover. (laughs) Yeah. And then we just go on with the movie, and I'm like, oh, he just casually murdered someone? Well, he didn't say he killed him. He said he put a bullet through his chest. Oh. I missed that. (laughs) I I thought that's what he said. I was like, oh, I don't recall that detail from the book. No. But, uh, okay. It is funny because, like, when he's interacting with Adele earlier in the movie, he seems very annoyed by her. I know. But then he's the one who thinks about checking on her. Right. Out of the two, Jane and him. He's the one who <laughs> says her it. Her own governess. Yeah. Um, so... But he kind of also says something to Jane about, like, I think Adele was sleeping with, like, the ballet slippers he got her. And And he was like, ugh. Well, he said something about, like, trying to, I don't know the exact quote, but, like, comfort herself from how harsh he is to her. So, like, he knows he's not nice. Like, I don't know. That's always bothered me with people. Don't be like like, that, Ben. (laughs) They're like, I know I'm like this, and this person's trying to cope with it. And I think I'm just not going to change my ways. (laughs) That doesn't make any damn sense. Like, just quit it. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Uh, okay. <sighs> so the party comes. So the party comes. And <laughs> and this goes back to Jane's character and these choices that this script made her make. Mm-hmm. She immediately sees Rochester, I think, I think helping Blanche Ingram out of her yeah. carriage or whatever. Because Mrs. Fairfax points her out. Mm-hmm. Mrs. And Jane is immediately jealous. Yeah. And it's like, what the... F- that did not happen in the book. That was not the case at all. Mm-mm. She was, in fact, like, oh, good, Mr. Rochester might find a wife. Right. And then, slowly over the course of time, she realizes, oh, uh-oh, I might have feelings for him. But she's yeah. very practical about it. She's just like doesn't matter he's he's probably engaged like and he's you know we don't have the same social rank so like it wouldn't Mm -hmm. work anyway and the end typically yeah but this she's just like a crying sobbing Mm -hmm. mess the whole time 
And Mm -hmm. then I feel like that just continues throughout the rest of the book. She's just got this sad book. Sorry. The movie. (laughs) She's got this sad look on her face like she's about to burst into tears for the rest of the movie. And it's all because, oh, it's because her love. And I'm just over it. Yeah, I think the first time she cried, it was when he made her come to the drawing room after dinner, and she heard Miss Ingram and her mother talking Mm. poorly of governesses. Yes. Right in front of her on purpose. On purpose. They did that in the book, too. Yeah. Bitches. And so she leaves upset. Right, And doesn't want to be around. Right. Doesn't want to be around them. And then, of course, Mr. Rochester comes. I know. He's like, like, why are you leaving? Why didn't you come talk to me? Why would like, you think I you would want to be around see those people? How shitty these people are to exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> but that happened in the book too. It did. Yeah. That's why I have such a hard time with their relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, he he was really dumb. We talked about that in the last episode. The fact that he was like purposefully using jealousy. Yeah, but like. I don't know. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter either way because Jane ends up with him. But, like, in the book, you could argue, like, she's an intelligent woman. So, like, There was a lot of thought put into this, like, I think. Like, a lot of, like, she, she didn't want to love him. I don't In the book? Yeah. Yeah. But she does. But she did. You can't help me you're in love with. (laughs) So they say... What they say. <laughs> uh, so anyway, she's a she's a jealous mess already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, there's a moment that matches the book almost perfectly because she comes in and like interrupts the party, and Blanche Ingram up on her high horse is like, uh, I don't even know what Rochester's first name is. Edward. Edward. Yeah. Is that person here to see you? Yeah. And that was a direct quote from the book, I think. And I was like, mm. I think it is. Although I think the circumstances were different. I don't think they were playing pool. No, but I think Jane's going to ask Mr. Rochester to take time to go see her aunt. Exactly. In the book. But in this one, she's there to say bye because he's leaving in the morning. Yes. That was so stupid. I was like, stop it right now. She's like, well, I heard you were leaving very early, so I wanted to say bye. Now. And then they, like, okay. stood there and had this weird conversation. Like, <sighs> they were saying goodbye forever. Mm-hmm. When everyone, kn- like, when it's a known thing that Rochester will leave Thornfield for months at a time and then come back. Yeah. Well, I think it was the circumstances. Like, she probably thought he was going to come back married. Married or engaged, yeah. Because yeah. he was supposed to go with the yeah. in, in Grams. Right. Right. And then, like... He talks with Blanche and pisses her off. I don't really remember what he says to her. <laughs> I uh, Let me see if I can find it really quick. Okay. Because I found the whole conversation between them on IMDb when we were trying to find mm-hmm. the end of the movie. Because for whatever reason, we watched it on YouTube and the <laughs> the last three minutes were silent. So we don't know what the conversation was there. But So we filled it in ourselves. <laughs> it was pretty silly. We did a great job. Mm-hmm. <sighs> quotes, 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 quotes. My name is Jane Eyre. Dumb. <laughs> I was born in 1820. 
Oh, let's see. We don't have to do the whole thing, but there, because it's a lot. Um, but she's talking about how Thornfield's nice, but wouldn't it be great if we had all these houses? Well, yes. actually, he's she said a house in London, and he's like, yeah, and one in Paris, and Milan, uh-huh. and blah, blah, blah. I know you're only into me because of my money mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, oh, that would be nice, but it would be great to have Thornfield to come back to. He said... Uh, let's see. Hmm. I don't really like no. Oh, she said talking about like passion and love, and he questions talking about love. Um, and she uh, basically says like, "Do you even have a heart?" You know. <laughs> I mean, I guess that would piss anyone off. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "Have I ever done or said anything to make you believe that I have? If so, I assure you, it was quite unintentional." Are you serious? Never more than at this moment, except perhaps when I'm eating my dinner. Okay. I didn't catch any of this conversation when they were having it. I think it. I missed that whole thing. Because the way Orson Welles talks, I was like, what is he saying? It didn't even look like his lips matched no. his words half the time. So I don't know what kind of, like, re-recording they had to do. Right. So, never more than at this moment, except perhaps when I'm eating my dinner. Really, Edward, can you be revoltingly coarse sometimes? Mm-hmm. Can I ever be anything else? Can you? Oh, my God. And would I have come to Thornfield if you couldn't? <laughs> I should have looked this up and I should have just played yes. Rochester and you could have done Blanche. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a very nice point, Blanche. Would you or would you not? We'll begin by considering the significant facts of the case. Mr. Rochester is revoltingly coarse and as ugly as sin. Edward, I... Allow me, my dear Blanche, I repeat, as ugly as sin. Secondly, he flirts sometimes, but is careful never to talk about love or marriage. However, this is the third point. Lady Ingram is somewhat impoverished. Whereas the revolting Mr. Rochester has an assured income of 8000 a year. Now, in view of all this, what is the attitude that Miss Blanche may be expected to take? From my experience of the world, I'd surmise that she would ignore the coarseness, etc., until such time as Mr. R. is safely... How dare you! Now, 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 no horseplay... I've never been so grossly insulted in all my... Insulted? My dear Blanche, I merely paid you the enormous compliment of being completely honest. Mr. Rochester, you are a bore and a cur. Yep. I remember that. Uh, walking away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> In scene. That was beautiful. <laughs> and that's recorded forever. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't take up a, a career in the theater. Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. Voiceover work? You should really look into that. Yeah. So, she's mad. Because basically, he's like, you're only with me for my money. Yep. Because you're poor. Mm-hmm. But you're trying to hide that. Yep. By all your fancy curls and your fancy dresses and stuff. Your six fancy curls. <laughs> yeah. They're very large. <laughs> yeah. There are literally six. Okay. So, that happens. They leave. Mm-hmm. And Rochester yeah. and Jane have a conversation about... Jane's- by herself crying. Jane's crying again. She's always crying now. Because <laughs> she can't have Rochester. Yeah. For no other reasons, apparently. I don't know. So, um, he's like, Jane, I want to be with you. You'll be my Bye. wife. Well. And it's like. No. <sighs> he does that whole stupid thing of yes. like, I found you another job. Yes. You have I've... to say something before I say anything about how I feel towards you. Yes, because she's like. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to leave. There's a direct quote from the book where she's like, just because I'm poor and meek and plain, 
doesn't mean I don't have a heart. That's not the quote, but it's close enough. Yeah. Um, That whole conversation happens and he like basically tricks her into saying, yes, okay, fine. Like, I want to stay with you. I want to be with you. And he's like, great. Same. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Gotcha. And and then he's like, say you'll marry me. And it's the most dramatic thing. And the wind whips up. (laughs) And then, like, the lightning comes and strikes the tree in half. It does happen in the book like that, too. It does, but, like... It's just, like, so much more dramatic on film. In my brain... They're just having a conversation, and it starts to rain, mm-hmm. and that's it, basically. And then the tree, you know, gets hit by lightning. There's, like, a montage in the movie mm. of them getting ready for the wedding, and we don't see yep. any of Jane's resistance to being showered with gifts. No, she's, like, nice excited she's about like, it. She's like, oh, good. Ah, so fun. Not the Jane in the book at all. No. <laughs> um, and... Amongst all this, like, her wedding dress and veil are all intact when we get to the wedding day, which is not the case in Mm. the book because Crazy Wife comes out and ruins at least one of those things or or tries them on, messes with them. She has them on. And I think she, I think I said last, I think I said in the last episode that she rips the dress, but I think she actually rips the veil. I feel like it's the veil. Yeah. Yeah. But But that doesn't happen in the movie. None of that happens. We don't get that creepy incident added to everything Mm-mm. um and then the wedding day happens except of course they don't get married there's a guy who bursts in with the brother yep and he's like he can't marry anyone else he's married to my sister mm-hmm. um and it is very sad and they get yeah. back to the house and we really skip ahead quite a bit oh yeah she's to, like okay i'm leaving she's oh. like we see the wife, but that happened. Well, we don't really. No, we see the back of her. Yeah. Yeah. She, it. like, comes up and grabs him by the neck, and then mm-hmm. everyone is just standing outside the room while he's <laughs> struggling to get while this he's woman getting strangled. off of him. Yeah, they're just like, whoa. And then he comes back disheveled. Mm-hmm. But, no, we never see her. Nope. It's weird. And we get a physical description of her in the book, too. Mm-hmm. So... But anyway, then Jane's leaving. Jane leaves. And of course, in the book, she decides to go like they they have a conversation about how she's like, I feel like I have to leave in the book. Mm -hmm. There's a whole long, like pages long conversation. Yeah. Which is fine. (laughs) But we get a lot more nuance because of it. So I I Mm -hmm. do appreciate that. Um, But then Jane doesn't tell him like. She's leaving, and no. she leaves in the middle of the night, she sneaks out. But in the movie, he catches her walking out the door, and that's when they have this very truncated conversation about everything. Yeah. And she leaves. She leaves anyway. And this is where it really, they really take it's some liberties. very different. <laughs> at this point, I think I looked at the time, and we had maybe 20 minutes left. And I was like, oh, there's no way we're getting the cousins in no this. No way. In no way. Right. Yep. She goes back to Gateshead? Yes. There's a very... Gateshead? There's this very flimsy, like, you get a a shot of the the quote-unquote book again, like we did at the beginning, and um, they just highlight this paragraph that's like, the road led me back to Gateshead. Or something, yeah. it's like, of all the places 
she would ever want to go back to. Right. She goes back to this place where she was unloved and abused. Okay, sure. Yeah. All right. Great. Whatever. Um. So, yeah, she goes back to Gateshead and finds her aunt dying. Yep. And, uh, of course, Bessie is there, and Bessie is like, oh, come in, Jane, of course, this child that I cared for. Um, yeah, we didn't really talk about Bessie much in the book didn't. or the movie, but it's basically, yeah, it's a servant who works there. She's fairly in- inconsequential, I, mean, yeah. I don't know, in both cases. The only the semi-nice Im- person to Jane. Yeah. The important thing is, she's the one who recognized her, so let her back in Gateshead. Correct. Like, in the context of the movie. Yep. And then we get Mrs. Reed on her deathbed, who is like you know, distraught because we find out that her son has killed himself, which is just like in the book. Mm-hmm. But the difference is that she's like, Jane Hare? Oh, Jane, don't leave me. Mm-hmm. And in the book, that is not at all the attitude Mrs. Reed has. She calls Jane to her deathbed because she feels guilty as fuck about keeping the fact that Jane actually has relations and a fortune out there from mm-hmm. her. <laughs> so. Yep. Um, and she still won't, like, embrace her as her niece or anything, no. like, on her deathbed. She's she's rigid and mean to the end. And we don't get that in the movie. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it kind of is like, Jane, Jane, don't leave me. And Jane's like, I won't. And then it cuts to the auction because mm-hmm. her aunt died. They're selling off all of her aunt's possessions. And we don't know where that money is going or anything. I don't Mm-mm, know if it goes to Jane. Because now there's Jane no or... kids. Because right. she only had the son. No, no idea. Nothing about that is clear. Um, she basically is now, like, given a choice. She has to decide between <laughs> going back to Lowood, asking. She's like in the middle of writing a letter in, mm-hmm. in this empty house in Gateshead. And yep. she's like, dear Mr. Brocklehurst. Brocklehurst. Whatever your name is. Is that job offer still on the table? Ha 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 ha. You know. Hello. Uh, see you. <laughs> LOL. Um, or going back to um, Thornfield. Thornfield. And what what makes the decision for her is the uh, the cry in the wind. Oh my god. <laughs> which I is, hate it. Which also happens in the book. It does. Yeah. Yep. There's Jane. a storm. Blows the window open. She goes to close it and can hear him crying for her. Yep. And then they do show another one of those like highlighted paragraph things. Uh-huh. But I'm pretty sure that is actually from the book. They're just playing it as her decision instead of going with Sinjin to India. Yes. We're going to Thornfield is Lowood or Thornfield. Yep. India versus Thornfield. Mm-hmm. Lowward versus Thornfield. So, there were some correct quotes that they highlighted. They I, just took them into a different direction. Context. <laughs> so, she goes back to Thornfield, like she does in the book, except there are, we have, there are no cousins in this movie. They completely cut out the whole, yep. the whole cousins bit, the whole inheritance bit. Like, basically, whole, in yeah. my mind, part three of the book, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, huge plot gone. Um... And she f- she gets back to the house, and it's it's obviously in ruins. Yeah. And she sees Miss Fairfax, and she gets the whole story from her. Which is like, why are they there? I don't know. In ruins? <laughs> there's Where are you staying? <laughs> I no idea. And um, 
in the book, I know that it's some stranger, like a man in a pub kind of situation mm-hmm. where she hears, because he's just basically like, here's the town gossip, stranger, yeah. Yeah. not knowing she's Jane. <laughs> right. Um, so, anyway, in the movie, she goes back to these castle ruins. Yep. And Miss Fairfax is like, here's yep, what this, happened. This is what went down, and... Mr. Rochester's here, and he comes out, and he's blind, of course. Yeah. Has both his hands. Has both hands. Using a cane. Yep. And then the sound cut out. Yeah, we hear a dog bark. Oh, yeah. We hear Pilot bark. And then the sound completely cuts out. Mm Because there's at least something. Some background. I don't know if it was, like, static or music or what the background noise was in the movie. Mm -hmm. But made it very obvious when the sound cut out. Not just, oh. like, no one was talking. It was like, oh, there's literally no noise anymore. That's the thing. Like, we learned about that in film school, remember? Like, how it's obvious when there's no sound. Like, mm-hmm. you don't think about it. But if you, if you like, cut the sound out um, in a scene where no one's talking or there's no music, like, you notice it. Because yeah. there's just a hum to everything. That's that we why hear. we always had to all stand in a room quietly and get, and get beat, not B-roll. What was no. it called? Mm-hmm. Sound. Room to tone. Room tone. Thank you. <laughs> We've used our degrees a lot. We had to get sound. Mm-hmm. Just silent. All yeah, of us. Literal, quiet. Quote unquote silence. That's the thing. Like nothing's actually silent. It's pretty weird. But you also have to have all the people that were in the room during the recording. Because they all to stay there. breathe. Yeah. In ways that you don't think you hear, but you do. And it's super weird. Try having four college students who are friends stand in a room. And not giggle. Yeah. There are times I had to turn away from everyone. Well, oh. Anyway, so yeah, it was very obvious when the sound cut out, and we don't know what was said, but... We don't. I'm sure it was, Jane, is that my Jane? It can't be my Jane. That's her face, oh God. And then he, like, touches her face a lot, and she, she has that same, like, I'm about to cry look on her face. Yep. And then they walk into the distance together. I think that was later because he didn't have his cane anymore. Yes, and he was like dressed fully and stuff, but still. Where when he came out, it looked like he literally just survived the fire. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) What's happening? The timeline in the movie, I think, is very much, it's, you know, obviously less than the book. It's uber condensed. Less time has passed. Yeah. For the sake of the story. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, the movie ends and they end up together. Woohoo, happy. Right. Uh, and it is like a, it's a whirlwind. <laughs> um, yeah. To me, what it felt like was when we watched Order of the Phoenix. Uh-huh. Because that book is so long and there's so much detail. Oh, And yeah. they had... They, they were like, oh, well, we have a few hours to yeah. condense an 800-page book. Let's go. And it felt like one long trailer. Yeah, they should have made Order of the Phoenix two movies. And nope. Deathly Hallows. I, st- I will stand by that till I die. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of how I felt about this. Like, it was just like they had to cut so much of the plot or, mm-hmm. like, change it around to make it work in an hour and a half mm-hmm. that I was just like... This just feels kind of clumsy and mm-hmm. just not even like the same story, you know? Yeah. And it just felt like you're just getting like 
you know, one thing after another, boom, 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 and then the movie's over, and it's like, what did I even just watch? Right, it goes so fast. So fast. Because what, it was in the beginning, we were watching, and she went to Lowood, and you were like, oh, we're now four chapters into the book in Mm -hmm. about four minutes. Yes, that's crazy. Yeah. So, it was fast. Um, A lot of people were cut out. They did keep some things, like the bedroom fire. Uh They kept some things with the wife. The bedroom fire Mm -hmm. and her biting her brother. Yeah. And a lot of, like, pretty direct quotes, if not really close quotes from the book were in there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Overall, like, the pacing was really fast. And Mm -hmm. I did feel like that added to the fact that it just felt like the idea that she could actually have any positive feelings towards Rochester as fast as she did just did not make any sense to me at all. Yeah, I like, agree. And that I think that's partially the, the pacing of the movie is partially to blame. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it had to happen eventually. Right. But there was just nothing to justify it at all. They hadn't spent any time together where he was kind to her. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? I was like, why would she like this man? <laughs> I know. I don't know. It just doesn't... Yeah, it did not work for me. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know if we... I don't think we said this in the beginning, but we picked this movie yeah, because we didn't have time for a series, which we might do later. Mm-hmm. We might circle back later. Yeah. Because there is a series I really love. An yeah. adaptation that I think is pretty solid. Um... And this movie was ranked the highest for Jane Eyre on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Out of all the feature-length films, mm-hmm. not TV series or miniseries. Right. Whatever. So, yeah. Um, which I just question. I mean, I don't, I don't question. I haven't seen any of the other adaptations, so maybe it is the best one. Uh, which. Okay. Sure. Is saying something, I feel like. Because, like, what did the other ones do? Oof, yikes. I can't even fathom. Right. Maybe we should watch another one. Maybe we should watch the worst rated one. (gasps) Oh, God. I'll I'll be hurting. (laughs) You'll be like, this isn't even the same story. Um, But, yeah, that's why we picked this one. And, like, Orson Welles, that's a big name. Mm -hmm. And so is Joan Fontaine. Right. So. Yeah. And I think if maybe you weren't familiar with the book of Jane Eyre, you know. I wonder that too. You'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. This is that just was like a, a love story. Yeah. It's like a drama love uh, story. Uh-huh. I, I, tried it, I tried to think about it from that perspective too. Like, okay, what if I didn't know the story of Jane Eyre at all? Like, what, it, what does this film merit by itself? It's fine. Yeah. yeah. I still don't think, if I didn't know the story, I still don't think I'd be very convinced by Jane's feelings for him. It is hard, because we don't know how much time was there. No. All we all we kind of get are, like, the passing of seasons, but is that, like, a year? I mean, we see she gets there when it's cold, right? Mm-hmm. And she's, we see at one point snow, so winter, mm-hmm. and then we see what I assumed was spring. Mm-hmm. So that could maybe be, I mean, it's not even a full year potentially that she's there before they like get married, but yeah. don't, you yeah. know? So that, that's where it's confusing. Cause it's like, maybe they did have a lot of time together that we don't know. Maybe. Cause we don't know how long 
But, like, the interactions we see, they don't make sense to me. They don't right. justify falling in love. No, but that's also kind of where I fall back on, like, the Beauty and the Beast thing. Like, I mean, I know eventually he, like, becomes nicer. Yeah. But also, you know, she has that moment with him when they go to check on Adele. And she, like, learns more about his past. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the one moment right. for me that I'm like, oh, look, he's look, he's showing a different side of himself to her. Right. But that's just not, it's not enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but... I don't know. She's just not, like, to me in the book, like, the the appeal is that she's a very different, strong-willed, smart person. Very intelligent. And in this, I don't... That doesn't come across to me. Especially, like, in the beginning. Like, she starts off so strong as a child who's, like, sure of herself. And then even when she refuses the job at Lowood, because she's like, no, I'm not happy here. I'm not taking your job. I loved that, you know, like that was that was cool. Mm-hmm. But then she, it's like as soon as she meets the man, she becomes this like, just you know, she just melts. Like her every part of her strong character is just like, oh well, now I'm in love. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just, I also get to feel like that's the way a lot of well, maybe not that exact thing, but like the older movies, the it is woman is usually the, like the weaker one it is. you know so. and i don't like it <laughs> so once the man was introduced she had to become the like soft feminine uh-huh caretaker exactly that's what happens here in this story for sure so i don't know maybe that works for some people <laughs> yeah i mean you also have to think about the audience of when the movie came out in the 1940s so yep i would love to know how people thought about it back then when it came out as an adaptation of Jane Eyre. I'm assuming lots of people had read the book, you know? That's what I was thinking. So. So. Anyway. I think in comparison to the book, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Because I had such a hard time with the book, with the movie, I was like, oh, it's nice that it's like so much more quick paced. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do find it weird the things they chose to cut out. Like the cousins. <laughs> the cousins. Like an entire huge plot point. Um, oh, well. But, I mean, I was entertained by it. Like, it kept my attention. Mm-hmm. Oh, just... yeah. I will. It's very quick-paced, especially mm-hmm. for a movie made back then. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's a positive for a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people, like, the movies that were made in, like, the... 40s and 50s and back are just yeah. too damn slow. Mm-hmm. So this one, I guarantee, is not slow. No. <laughs> Lots of things happen. So, I don't know. It's hard for me to... I mean, I would I would not seek it out to watch it again no. on my own. But, like, if someone was like, hey, you want to watch this? Or... If, I don't know why I would be in that situation, but if someone was like, hey, I'm watching this movie. Hey, this is free on YouTube. I'm, uh, I'd be like, it? oh, okay, sure. I think that was another problem I was having is because we watched it on YouTube, there were so many ads. Oh, yeah. Lots of ad breaks. So actually, it's quicker than you think it is. Yeah. Because <laughs> we had all those ads, but they also like, they take you out of it. They Because do. you're back in this like black and white setting, and then you have these colorful ads for modern things yeah but anyway that's that's the 1943 adaptation of jane Eyre. 
with Orson Welles and Joan Fontaine. Joan Fontaine. And yeah, I don't even feel like I can give it an unbiased rating. That's kind of how that's so yeah, that I'm was not what all my try. that was what all my babbling was. Can't I? Yeah, I'm not even gonna try to rate it. Can I can not I rate. Just, <laughs> I didn't enjoy it overall. I don't think. Yeah. Eh. I won't watch it again. I was dying once it ended to watch a good adaptation. She was like dying. She was like, "Here, let me see if I can find a trailer for the miniseries I like." <laughs> and it was just a bunch of fan-made ones. Yeah, I didn't find much, but that's okay. The whole thing's on Hulu, and we'll maybe do it for another. We'll save it for another couple episodes, maybe. Yeah. Okay. All right. So tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like we just were like, okay, we don't know how to end this, so it, that was basically it. I mean, Let's move on to our tea. Okay, I'm fine with that. Here we go. <laughs> I had the Night Night Chai from Tea Market, which was a decaf black tea spice blend, and it was delicious. I have not finished it fully, but... No, you did a lot of talking this episode. I know. I'm sorry. No. Darn it. (laughs) Well, anyway, I took notes, so... Yeah, I didn't. (laughs) So slacking. uh, It's fine. You know you're not. It's fine. Um, anyway, I liked this tea. Um, it did, it does kind of dry my mouth out like a black tea does, but it's very delicious makeup for it. And it's not too cinnamony. I think it's oh. a really nice, it smells incredibly cinnamony. Yeah, so does. I was a little frightened, but, but it's about perfect. So I think we also steeped it just the right amount of time. Nice. So I would give this, I'd give this an eight out of 10. Oh, there you go. I really think if it were fall and I yeah. were in the mood, it'd probably get a nine. But right now I'm like, I can't, I can't commit to a nine out of 10. We're in summer. Yeah. Drinking a fall tea. Exactly. Well, my tea is much more summery. Mm. I mean, look at the packet. Orange mm-hmm. and blue. Mm-hmm. Bright colors. Mm. I had the Stash Coconut Mango Tea and I finished it. So that should tell you something. Yeah. That's good, because I didn't think it smelled that great. No, you didn't think it smelled very good at all. But I really liked it. I don't know if I could describe the flavor. I mean, it was just, like, fruity. I think if you had given it to me without me knowing what the would you have been able to flavors guess? were, probably not. Huh. I don't think I would have said mango coconut. <laughs> it's just fruity. Yeah. Okay. But as we're all learning on this journey together, apparently I like fruity teas, so... Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm glad that you're discovering something about yourself. And that's nice for summer. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have fruitier teas for summer, I feel like. Agreed. So, since I finished it, and since I enjoyed it so much, I think I am going to give it a 9 out of 10, because I could nice. very easily see myself drinking this again. Well, at least we enjoyed our tea, even if we <laughs> didn't enjoy the movie that much. <laughs> or the book. No, it's Speak fine. for yourself. No, I know. I know. Okay. All right. Well, we are at the end. <laughs> yep. And you can email us at notamusepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at notamusepodcast. We post every other Wednesday to let you know an episode's coming out on Sunday. And then we post every other Sunday when an episode hits. And 
be sure to follow us on your podcast platform of choice too and if you can rate us and subscribe we appreciate it if you think you know someone who would enjoy our podcast oh share it share it with them yes thank you here listen to these two silly girls they are very silly talking about things they don't know yep and places they've never been Woohoo! Yay! Okay, well, we'll see you in two weeks with our next episode, which I don't remember what it's about. So, the play we're gonna actually go see this afternoon. Oh my god, that's right! <laughs> oh yeah, the place I work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.